Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians, welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it was for so many of us, more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? All right, y'all. Very excited today uh, for our episode. I got an email recently from a colleague who said, quote, I had the most amazing time this morning working through partitive and quotative division woo, with two sixth graders who just wanted to work with division today. One asked me where she could buy Building Powerful Numeracy. She had her teacher's copy and was reading about division. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? All right. So cool. I appreciate receiving that email. That was kind of fun uh, to hear about that. So yeah, I have a book called Building Powerful Numeracy. Um, you might want to check it out. It's a, it's a good read. I don't know that I ever had intended for students to read it, but bam, by all means, anybody's welcome. Um, I think it's a pretty good read. So cool. yeah, so good. Okay. So in the last few weeks, we've been talking about fractions. Fractions. Right? And in the last two episodes, we dove into using a money model to help students find equivalent fractions. Mm-hmm. And with equivalent fractions, addition subtraction becomes doable, more figure outable. Yeah. And so you might have noticed that we were talking about equivalence and helping students develop equivalence with fractions, but then we quickly started doing addition and subtraction with fractions. It might have looked like or sounded like teach equivalence and then teach addition and subtraction of fractions. However, what we're actually suggesting is that you use adding and subtracting fractions to help teach equivalence. Mm-hmm. So we did a little bit to think about fractions with money. But then we quickly dove into adding and subtracting fractions for which you had to think about equivalence in order to solve. That gives all sorts of experience with why we even need equivalent fractions and in finding equivalent fractions and then using them to add and subtract. That might be a little bit of a new idea for you that it's not about just teaching. In my traditional experience, we sort of taught kids the, the rule about how to find Um, equivalent fractions because they needed a common denominator. Mm -hmm. And we did that rule and they memorized that. And then we sort of said, okay, now when you add and subtract, thou shalt find a common denominator. Instead, 
we're just giving him a problem and we're asking him to think about money. Right. And then we're generating a bunch of equivalencies and we're using those equivalencies to then um, do the addition and subtraction. So yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. So today we're going to do a similar thing, but with a different model. And different the model, model is a clock Ta-da. using time, right? Yeah. All right. So let's get at it. Okay. Let's, let's do a little bit of finding equivalencies and then uh, we'll dive right into addition and subtraction again. Okay. So I'm going to start you off with just thinking about one half using a clock model. All right. So back to the operator meaning or the operator interpretation of rational numbers, I'm going to think about one half of a clock or one half of an hour or one half of 60 minutes or one half of sort of that clock face as I think about it. So let's see, I just wrote down the fraction one half equals And I could think about that one half as 30 minutes out of the total 60 minutes. And what Mm -hmm. I wrote was 30 sixtieths or 30 fraction bar 60. Now, as I describe what I'm doing today, I know that I'm going to um, struggle a little bit to describe the fractions because I'm going to use some words, but actually write something different, perhaps. And so I want you to know that when I'm saying some words, what I'm writing um, in other words, when I say 30 sixtieths, um, I didn't write the word 30 and then the word sixtieths. I wrote 30 fraction bar 60. I'm going to be tempted because of old habits to say 30 over 60. Mm-hmm. So before we move too much further on, I'm going to explain why I'm not using that positional word over to describe the fractions because we're all learning mathematics as a second language, right? Mm-hmm. So as we are learning mathematics as a second language, we want to use vocabulary words that mean what we say, not have connotations or meanings that could trip us up or, or get us thinking about other things or that aren't particularly helpful. Over is one of those words that isn't particularly helpful in describing fractional relationships. It might be helpful in describing what the fraction looks like, like the the, the numbers, the numerals I'm writing on the page, the way the, the fraction itself, the representation looks like, but not the, I shouldn't even say, that, that's so, it's so complicated to use these words, not the actual fraction, not the actual uh, relationship. So the relationship of one half or the relationship of 3060 is all about one half of the object or one half mm-hmm. of the set or 30 minutes out of 60 minutes. It's not about 30 over 60. Over doesn't have anything to do with the fractional relationship I'm trying to talk about. It has everything to do with position, you know, like um, I'm looking around my office. My laptop is over the desk. That's even a dumb thing to say. <laughs> like, give me a better one, Kim. Like, when do you, what? what's a good um, relationship to describe with over? Gosh, I got nothing. <laughs> my, um, Wow. My pen is over the paper. Uh, it, it describes position, right? It doesn't describe out of. It doesn't describe right. uh, the right. part-whole relationship of fractions. All right, we'll move on. I'll, I'm sure I'll think of it. As soon as we get off this podcast, I'll think of a, a much better over relationship that I could have done. So one half could be 30 minutes out of 60 minutes. And right. I write that as 30 60s, 30 fraction bar 60. It could also be thought of in terms of other chunks, not just minutes, but I could think about, say... A quarter of an hour. How many quarters of an hour are in a half of an hour? Well, there's like two of them, right? Like mm-hmm. sort of picture the, the the minute hand going down to the 15 minutes and then going down to the 30 minutes. And there's those, sort of those two 15 minute chunks in there or two quarter hours. 
So I could also say one half is equal to two quarter hours out of the four quarter hours in, in a whole hour. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote two out of four or two fourths. But that two fourths isn't just me going, let's say two fourths is equivalent to one half. It's me thinking about two quarter hours out of four quarter hours. What other chunks could I think of? I could think of terms of, of 10 minute chunks. So if I'm thinking about 10 minute chunks and I want to think about a half of an hour, how many 10 minute chunks are in a half of an hour? Well, I can think of three 10 minute chunks out of the six 10 minute chunks in the whole hour. Right. So I just wrote three sixths, three fraction bar six, because I've got three 10 minute chunks out of the six 10 minute chunks. Let me see if I can think of any more. One more. I can think of five minute chunks. So five minute chunks, if you think about a clock, five minute chunks are kind of where that minute hand hits every five minutes or or the numbers on the clock, right? So if I'm at, if the, if the minute hand goes to the one, five minutes has gone by. If the minute hand goes to the three, 15 minutes have gone by or five, uh, sorry, three, five minute chunks, right? If I'm on the yeah. 15, yeah. but I want to be on the six, right? Because we decided we're at a half an hour. So the half an hour, if that um, minute hand has gone all the way down to the six. How many five minute chunks? Well, one, two, three, four, five, six, right? I, I'm, I'm on the six. So I could think about one half of an hour as six five minute chunks out of the, let's see, total five minute chunks, 12 five minute chunks. So I just wrote six twelfths, but I'm meaning six five minute chunks out of 12 five minute chunks. So I can think about different chunks of numbers. You might be a little bored with one half because one half is like so obvious. So mm-hmm. we probably better do a more interesting one. Are you ready, Kim? Sure. I'm going to give you one third. How can you think about one third on a clock? What are some equivalent fractions that you can think about with time or with a clock? Okay. I'm going to use some of the chunks that you just mentioned. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with, okay, one third. And I'm going to think that is equivalent to 20 sixtieths. Okay, why? Because one 20 minute chunk out of three 20 minute chunks makes that hour. So nice. one 20 minute chunk in, out of three. And the 60 so minutes is the total, minutes. total yeah, minutes, right? right? So 20 minutes out of 60 minutes is equivalent to one. Third. Yep, and that's the, that's the fraction, the equivalent fraction I wrote down, twenty sixtieths. Okay, um, I'm going to go with it's also equivalent to two sixths because two ten minute chunks out of the six ten minute chunks in the hour, and two ten minute chunks because you're on that twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's two ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go five minute chunks. So five minute chunks are nice for me because it, it's marked clearly on the clock. And so I'm <laughs> going to say four five minute chunks out of the 12 five minute chunks. And you could kind and of think of that. of the clock. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. And a third of a clock, you can almost think of as a peace sign, right? And, mm-hmm. and if you sort of draw that peace sign on, uh, on a clock, it's kind of up at the 12 and then down at that four. Right. right down to four. And you just said it was four out of the total 12 five minute chunks. Yeah. So yep. four twelves. Yep. Cool. Cool. I like it. All right. Uh, let's, let's do one more. How okay. about if I give you um, a fourth? All right. A fourth. So again, using that operator meaning, I'm going to think about a fourth of an hour. So a fourth of an hour is 15 minutes out of the total 60 minutes. So I just wrote down 15 out of 60, 15 sixtieths. Let's do five minute chunks. A fourth of an hour is on the 15, like we just said. So that's the three. That's like the three o'clock, three five minute chunks. 
So that's three. You should see my hand. I'm like, I'm like ticking over <laughs> five, 10, 15. <laughs> I just realized I was doing that with my hand. Five, 10, 15. So I'm at the 15. That's the three out of the total 12. So I just wrote down three twelfths. Okay. Let's see. We also did 10 minute chunks. You mind if I go there? Sure. Okay. So a fourth of an hour, 15 minutes, but I want to do 10 minute chunks. How many 10 minute chunks is 15 minutes? I'll let think about that for a second. 10 minute chunks, 15 minutes. Is that one and a half 10 minute chunks? And how many 10 minute chunks in the whole thing? There's six of them, right? So is that 1.5 sixths? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that can actually be kind of helpful. Um, and we might see that pop out as we do some more clock equivalencies to help us think about adding and subtracting fractions. Sometimes it can be fun to have um, something like one and a half, six. Now, let me just talk about that for a second. Sometimes in traditional education, we have told students, no, 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 you can't have a decimal and a fraction in the same representation. I'm going to submit that that is completely by convention. Like we have decided right. that as a mathematics, maybe just even teachers, because it's easier to grade if we don't do that. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with writing one and a half, six or thinking about one and a half, 10 minute chunks out of the six, 10 minute chunks. I think it's brilliant and it is going to help us build proportional reasoning. And so I want to do it. I'm going to give credit to very first uh, seeing that to Kathy Fosno when we, I was learning about using uh, a clock to think about fractions and she, she sort of threw that out as a possibility. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like we can absolutely think that way. So I I would agree with her, uh, especially from my higher math perspective. I think it's a fine thing to do. Okay, so now that we have some equivalencies with a few fractions, we better get right at doing some um, adding and subtracting, yeah? Yeah, okay, so let's use what you just came up with. Okay. Okay, so let me ask you one-third plus one-fourth. Okay, so I just totally wrote those down so I can kind of hang on to what I'm doing. So if I'm going to think about a third plus a fourth, maybe the first thing I'm going to note is notice how money would not be a great model right now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because a third of a hundred, that's uh, you know, that not, not a third of a dollar, mm, not so delightful. So bam, I want to go uh, to a clock cause it's going to be much nicer. Okay. Right. So a third on a clock, we decided that was sort of the 20 minute mark. So I'm going to think about in terms of minutes. So that's like 20 okay. minutes out of the 60 minutes, 20 60ths and a fourth of a clock or fourth of an hour is like 15 minutes, uh, so 50, 15 sixtieths. So I've got 20 sixtieths plus 15 sixtieths is 35 sixtieths. That would be one way to think about it. Okay. But let's be flexible and see if we can think about it, not just in terms of minutes. Um, however, notice that I'm not, and, and in fact, notice in all of this that what we're not doing is pushing for the least common denominator. We are actually letting students use whatever denominator makes sense. And then what we're pushing for is, can you be flexible? Like, can you think about it in terms of other denominators so that you get better at the other denominators, really, which means we're pushing for equivalencies. Like we're trying to get kids better and better at different equivalencies, at thinking about um, different denominators. So let's see, a third plus a fourth. Um, I did minutes. Let's think about about five minute chunks. Yeah, let's, let's go five minute chunks. So a third of an hour is like at the 15. And so that's like... I'm doing it again. I'm ticking my hand down. That's like at the three o'clock. So that's three out of the 12 five minute chunks and a fourth of an hour. That's like, oh wait, that's a fourth of an hour. Sorry. <laughs> a third of an hour is at the 20. So that's four twelfths, mm-hmm. four twelfths. 
the fourth of an hour is three twelfths. Oh, that's funny because there's a little interesting reciprocal relationship kind of going on there. Right. So I've got a third of an hour is four twelfths and a fourth of an hour is three twelfths. And so that would be seven five minute chunks out of the 12 five minute chunks or seven twelfths. But, but I really, I really, that, that was fine. But what I really want to do is I have a little bit of fun with the 10 minute chunks quickly. So a third of, again, we're doing a third plus a fourth. So a third of an hour, that's at the 20. So that's like two 10 minute chunks out of the six 10 minute chunks. So I've written two sixths and then a fourth of an hour. That was that fun one and a half minute chunks out of the six, one and a half, 10 minute chunks mm-hmm. out of the six, 10 minute chunks. So now I've got two, six plus one and a half sixths is three and a half sixths. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And if I could think about three and a half, 10 minute chunks, I could think about three, 10 minute chunks is puts me on the six, right? Puts me on the 30 minutes. And then a half of a 10 minute chunk is another five. So that's like 35 minutes. And that's what I got. I got 35 out of 60. And also that seven out of 12 also lands me on that three and a half sixths. Pretty cool. Well done. So Kim, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know that we have a a mutual acquaintance named Jordan and we love Jordan and Jordan, if you ever listen to this, thank you so much for letting us study you (laughs) thinking over time. (laughs) Jordan was Kim's student in third and fourth grade. He had Kim in third grade and then Kim looped with her students and had him in fourth grade. And we were able to um, sort of magically or by the grace of God, it's kind of the way I fall, uh, get video of him in second grade because his teacher videoed um, her class in second grade. And then we got video of Jordan in third and fourth grade because Kim had him and we were videoing um, her kids at that point. And then later, when I realized I had him in second grade and in third and fourth grade, then I went back and grabbed him in fifth grade and sixth grade. And we even have video of him in 10th grade. And so uh, I want to tell you about that video that we took of him in 10th grade today a little bit, because I realized uh, right around that time that I had video of Jordan at all these places, but I didn't ever have him doing any fraction work. So I realized 10th grade was a little bit old, you know, to like do just fraction work, but I, okay, who cares? (laughs) I decided to go grab him. So um, I knew his mom from, from church. And so I called her up and I said, Hey, do you mind if we video Jordan? She's like, no, no, no problem. And so I did, I I literally just popped in on this poor 10th grade kid and said, Hey, do you mind if we video again? He's, he's a little shy. He's he's great kind of shy grin. Uh, And he's like, no, it's, it's fine. And so I said, Hey, uh, do you ever remember doing a clock model with fractions? And he looked at me and he goes, Miss Harris, it's been a long time since I've done fractions. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I was like, it's okay. Totally. Don't worry about it. We turned the camera on. And I said, hey, hey, Jordan, what can you tell me about a third? How did I even ask it? I, I think I just said the fraction one third, but on a clock. And he kind of thought about a third on a clock a little bit, kind of like we just did. And then I said, how about a fourth on a clock? And he thought about it a little bit, kind of like we just did. And then I said, so can you use that to help you think about a third plus a fourth? And I'll never forget what he did. He kind of looked up, you know, how you sort of look up when you're kind of thinking. And he goes, well, let's see, a third, four, and a fourth three and three plus seven, seven twelfths. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was just like this. He just like thought through it. Yeah. It's just seven twelfths. And then I was like, whoa, dude, what did you just do? And then it took him a sec to, to describe. He's like, well, a third of a clock is like 20 minutes. And so that's like on the four. 
and a fourth of a clock is like 15 minutes. So that's like on the three and three plus four is seven. So seven twelfths. And it took him far longer to describe what he was sure. thinking about than to just actually do it. It was brilliant to watch him just think and reason using relationships. And one of the reasons he can do that is because he learned from the master when he had <laughs> Kim um, and our colleague in second grade to think and reason about math. And so he learned he could just think and use what he knew about math. And it was, it was, it's an awesome video. Maybe we'll put in the show notes. Why not? We'll put in the show notes, the video that we have, we have posted on YouTube where you can go watch Jordan. i um, actually do that. Notice, notice when you watch the video, we're in his house. You'll see the vacuum behind him. <laughs> like we are totally right there in his house. Um, thank you, Jordan, for be, uh, being willing to let us study you and how you think um, as you were growing up. We really appreciate that. So very great. cool. All right. We got a lot more to talk about with fraction fractions on a clock. So we're going to do more of that next week and have a lot of fun with not just unit fractions. You heard us talk about unit fractions today where the, uh, where the numerator is one. Let's do some work next week on a clock where we think about non-unit fractions and even mixed numbers and all the things. Um, so stay tuned for next week where we're going to have a lot of fun, well, more fun with fractions because fractions are our friend, especially when we think about money and a clock model. But before we end, I want to ask, what denominators do you think would work well for a clock model? We talked about denominators for money models. So be thinking, what would work well for a clock model? And we'll talk more about that next week. Excellent. All right. Remember to join us on Math Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on Wednesday evenings, where we throw out a problem and check out strategies from around the world. If you find the podcast helpful, would you please rate it and give us a review? That way more people can find it wherever they get podcasts. And don't forget that we are collecting your questions that you want answered. Send those to Kim at mathisforgettable.com. We're going to tackle them in an upcoming episode coming soon, coming soon. So send them in quickly. So if you're interested to learn more math and you want to help yourself and students develop as mathematicians, don't miss the Math is Figure Outable podcast because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.